Everybody, welcome Pastor Richard Johnson to the pulpit. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Uh, I can't believe how uh, appropriate and how the Holy Spirit works. Uh, we're talking about disaster relief and hope, and uh, the message that God gave me of encouragement and peace to each of you is on hope. So if you uh, want to follow along, you can turn to Psalm 107 in your uh, Bibles, and that's what we'll be working from. So uh, for those of you that don't understand what it is to hope in God, which is all of us from one time or another, or at one time or another, uh, we put our hope in stuff. And worldly hope, I've got a few of them here, and I thought you'd get a kick out of them. Um, the first hope is to hope uh, to get rich from the lottery. Uh, you hear that all the time. People come in and they say, man, if I hit this time, I have odds of one in 700 million. Hmm. Probably not too good. Or you hope to find your perfect soulmate. Good luck with that one. Uh, hope to have a life without sickness. God never promised us that, that people will claim that. They'll say, I'm not when they're on their deathbed. I'm not sick. Go figure. World hunger to end. That's a good thing to hope for. Unfortunately, it's not something that we are ever going to see in this world. Um, also, to hope that their favorite team wins the championship. Uh, I would say go WV, but I'm not quite there yet. Uh, I'll get there. Uh, so, hope that my job promotes me so that I can get a bigger house, so that I can have more kids, so that I can get a bigger house, so that I can have, uh, I don't know, anyway. And the last one, uh, most of you hope for this from time to time, hope that the sermon's short so that you can get to Cracker Barrel. So, hope, what is it? It's to cherish a desire with anticipation. So you want something, you just have to have it. Uh, you hope for a promotion? Yeah, you hope the, the best for someone. Uh, you hope so. Uh, you have a desire accompanied by expectation or belief in fulfillment. All right, that's the definition. What does God say about worldly hope? None of it's bad. None of it. it but ultimately, it's wishful thinking. Because without God's hope, without God's direction and God's lead, it's just that. It's wishful thinking. We can't expect our worldly hopes to come true. We can hope for it. And you can just go on and on and on with that one. It goes around in a circle. Uh, but when you stray from God like the Israelites did in Psalm 107, that's what we're going to look at today, their hope only came when they did one thing right. They cried out to God. And then he answered. That's always the way it is with God. We get to the point to where our own hope, our own uh, work, our own manifestations, whatever we're doing, that's when we fail and cry out to God. And God says, I'm here for you. So we're going to take a look at that. All right, uh, can you put the first slide up for me for uh, Jeremiah 29.11? Give you a moment. There it is. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you. This is God's 
desire for each of us a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. So whenever someone says they're sick because God made it so, that's not what that says. And that's God saying it to us. His plans are to give you a hope and a future. And the next slide, please. The psalmist writes in 42.5, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior. What is a Savior? A Savior, right? And your God. All right, and the last one. These are what follow you when you hope in the Lord. Integrity and uprightness. So those of you that are struggling with having the integrity of Christ, put your hope in him, and he will teach you integrity. He will teach you how to walk upright before him and to protect you. Okay? So why do we as a church put our trust in all the wrong things? One reason, because of the liar. Satan is a liar. He will give you 99% truth and then that 1% lie. And that 1% lie is what takes you straight into wherever you are. And slowly you turn, slowly you turn, and pretty soon where you find yourself is in a position to where God is not in your life. You're trusting in your friends. You're trusting in relationships and your own strength. It's your power and not the power of God. And that's where we fall down. Psalm 107. So let's take a look at the first one. The H. And what I do is my pastor uh, in my training in California, I have a new pastor and pastors that are training me a little different. But in California, he loves acrostics. So the first letter in the word hopes is uh, H. And the H is his faithful love endures forever. So if you're following in 107, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And I do have a question for you. How long is forever? And you would say, forever. Exactly. There is a a little ditty that someone taught me at one time. If you could think of Mount Everest as marbles. So it's all marbles, and here's this little butterfly, and the butterfly flies up, and he takes the first marble off, and he flies down, and he sets it on the ground. He picks every marble off until it's completely flat. That's one second in forever. It's a long time. So if his faithful love endures forever, it's for always. And that's what we want to get from this. He has gathered the exiles. We, just like the Israelites, were the exiles. We have been gathered, we have been brought from the world, and we have been brought into his economy, into his hope, into his, his uh, desire for us. So that's the H. Now, could you put the next slide up for me, please? This is where the Israelites began to run into problems. They are either orphans, the next one, or they're homeless. They are lost. And if you look at uh, the scripture that goes along with it, the O in the word hope stands for our shepherd that will always find us. Always find us. If you've ever felt like you're not part of God's family, if you've ever felt like you're lost and alone, 
it says in verse 4 that the Israelites wandered and they were in the wilderness and they were lost and they were homeless. Sounds familiar. They were hungry and thirsty and they were at the verge of dying. But then they said one thing, Lord help. And when they said, Lord help, what did God do? They cried out and he rescued them from their distress. And then he led them straight to safety and a city where they could live. So he brought them into the place where he wanted them to be. And then it follows up and it's always the way it should be. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for his wonderful things that he's done for them. So the O, God will always find us. Always. Uh, Next slide, please. There you go. That's us. What? We're a fish? Yes, we are. Because what we are is we're attracted. That hook is the world. And we are always drawn to things that shine and look pretty. And if I get this, it's going to be great. Just that one more thing. doesn't work that way. Because what happens is eventually you get hooked. And that hook can be unforgiveness. It can be bitterness, resentment. Now, those of you that like to fish, you get a hook in your finger. And you just gingerly take it out, rip, tear, painful. Now, think in your spirit, you've got a hook in your side that's unforgiveness. Okay? You've got your eyes on God, and oh, man, this is great. I love Jesus. And the enemy comes up, and he goes, I know what to do. He grabs that rope, he pulls on that hook, and where are you? You're right back in your pain, and you've lost your hope. But God comes along. They said that they were in deepest gloom. They were in prison. They were in chains. And what did the Israelite people do? What do we need to do when we are in bondage? Lord, help. They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. Verse 14, it says, He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. And I like this last part. He snapped their chains. He took that rope and went, and he took the hook out, salve, his healing balm, and they were made whole. And the beauty of that is, is then the enemy comes up, and I like to talk about how God goes behind the button that the enemy knows how to push, and he cuts the wires, but he leaves the button to remind you I was once unforgiving, but now I'm forgiving. And then the enemy comes up and he goes, oh yeah, wait, it doesn't work. Because God has taken all of its effect and all of its power away. When you put your hope in Christ, that's where you get. He breaks the chains. It follows up on verse 16. It says, he breaks down their prison gates of bronze and he cuts apart their bars of iron. The enemy loses his power when you put your hope in Christ. So that's the P in the word hope. Now, I was told, go ahead and put the next one up. I was told, don't drop it. Okay, this is an old dirty brick. God gives me visions. 
And he gave me a vision of a brick being my life without him. And uh, so I'm going to gingerly set this down so that my pastor doesn't come up and hit me later. <clears throat> I have to give Heather a hard time because she's so good to us. All right. So it says, some were fools. Any of you felt like a fool from time to time? I have. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. I can do it on my own. Those of you that have seen one of these laying around, what are they affected by? Everything. The wind, the weather, people kicking it, people throwing it. Richard bringing it into church and trying not to drop it. But it's chipped, it's dirty, it's scuffed up. When we try to do it on our own, that's what happens. When we put our hope in our own strength, instead of, in God, in, instead of being in God's eternal provision for us, when we confess Jesus as Lord, that's what the E stands for. It says, some were fools in verse 17. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food, and they were knocking on death's door. So they were starving. They were starving because they tried to lead on their own. Then, verse 19, once again, Lord help. And once he said, they cried out, Lord help. It says, he sent out his word and healed them. And he snatched them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he's done for them. Let them offer sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, I have another slide for you. This is what God showed me. He says, now suppose that brick, go ahead and put the next one up, was one of those in, you all know what that is? The Wailing Wall. Now, how long has that wall been up? Thousands of years. Yeah, there's some chips there's some dirt, but I want you to see this in the spirit. Think of that, each of those blocks as a person. And they're cemented by the Holy Spirit. The winds come, the waves hit them, the dust, anything that, that the enemy can do, the yelling, the screaming, and the wall stands firm. Why? Because each of us, if we hope in God, and we reach out to our brothers and sisters when we're in bondage and allow them to pray for us and to hold us, to cuddle us if that's what it takes. We find freedom in Christ. Okay, so eternal provision. Eternal is like that word forever. How long is it? Forever. Okay, so keep that in mind. Now, this one is probably my favorite. Uh, Go ahead and put the next slide up. This was also, this was God talking to me. And he doesn't usually talk to me in words that I can utter or understand, but in my spirit, I hear it. And this will take a little background, but that's the, uh, one of the arms of our galaxy. And I was at a retreat. And, oh, forgive me, before we get there, the S in the word hopes stands for salvation and safety to all who are oppressed by the cares of the world. So what happened was I was at a singles retreat in California. 
we were pretty high up in the mountains and it was a clear night and you could see the sky just like that. It was just a mat of stars. Well, I was in the men's barracks and they had the women's barracks, of course. And as usual, all the men snored like buzz saws and I couldn't sleep. So I had a pretty good bag and it was a cold night. So I came out and I cuddled up in this bag and I began to pray to God. And God shared something with me. Now think in your mind, God's hand. He says, I can span stars. I can touch one and then reach across and touch another. My hand is large enough that I can control the entire universe. He says, now that's the sky. Now take that same sky, Richard, and put it on your ceiling in your bedroom. And I'm standing next to your bed. And I'm no longer your father in heaven. I'm your father next to your bed. And that's the God we serve. His heart is to be that close to you, not to be out somewhere in la-la land. I love the, you know, because the enemy will lie to you and say, oh yeah, God, yeah, he loves you, kind of, sort of, and he made you, and now he's just watching this science fair project. No. What God showed me is each one of us can look up and say, God, thank you for being next to my bed tonight and for watching me as I go to sleep and watching me as I wake up and each step of each day. Okay, so the S in the word hope stands for salvation and safety to all who are oppressed by the cares of the world. Okay, now these people in verse 23, they went off to the sea in ships. That means they were trying the world's economy. They were trying to make it on their own. And what wound up happening to them is, is the waves were doing this and they were staggering like drunkards. And they did like all the others did. It says, Lord help, in verse 28. They cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. And then he calmed the storm, lowered it to a whisper. And he said, what a blessing was the stillness as he led them safely into harbor. So eternal salvation comes from God when you put your hope in him. Okay? So God's promises at the end, it says he turns the desert into pools of water, the dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields and they receive bumper crops. They plant their vineyards and they harvest a hundred times. How he blesses them. They raise large families. So all of you are supposed to have large families. Oh, well. Um, and their herds of livestock increase. The godly will see these things and be glad. And the promise comes while the wicked will be struck silent. Those who are wise will take all, to, all this to heart and they will see in our history the faithful love of God. So let me recap. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. H, his faithful love endures forever. O, our shepherd that will always find us. P, praise God that he will break all of your chains. E, eternal provision for all who confess Jesus as Lord. And S, salvation and safety to all who are oppressed by the cares of the world. Now, pastor had said that it was okay for me to 
say this one last thing. If there are any of you here today that need to let go of the cares of the world, the hopes that you've put into the world, don't hesitate to come up after the service and we'll be here and we'll pray for you. If you aren't sure about where or who you put your faith in, then please come forward and we'll help you meet the one we put our faith in, our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So you have that opportunity to accept the Lord. All right? That's all I have, Pastor. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Let's go ahead and prepare for our uh, communion. Thank you, Richard. Our ultimate hope. I love when we go through that passage and we see all the different places where they cried out to the Lord. One of them that quickened my heart was when they were in the shadow of death. Why that one, I think, jumped is because our ultimate hope comes because Jesus died in all the hopes of the world. Everything was put on him and then he died. And he's buried. He's gone. So if you have the ability or the grace to rise up again, it's all tied to him. Death and the workings of sin and all of our lostness can no longer hold us forever. Let's go ahead and pass out the, the bread. It's actually a matzah cracker with some holes in it. And I always appreciate the holes. Because every one of you has had holes put in you through life's disappointments. You've been pricked, stabbed, wounded. Sharp words have gone into some of your hearts, foiled some things about your life. There are statements that are debilitating that are lodged down inside. Beliefs about yourself that are horrible. And Jesus took all of those upon his body. Every single thing. He was abused. I see some men in here with beards. Could you imagine somebody pulling all the hair of your face out? Jesus was abused. Could you imagine being at a whipping post and somebody whipping you, not just with leather, with shards of glass and metal. 
putting holes in you like that? Where you don't have an option except to bleed profusely. You have not suffered unto bloodshed. But someone has suffered for you. So it doesn't matter the depth of your suffering or how hopeless you may feel. Hope has come because of what's in your hand. Jesus said, this is my body, broken for you. And he's wanting us to do something. He says, I want to give you a physical picture of an eternal reality. I want you to eat it. Now, we don't believe in anything magical happening. We just believe it goes in your body. I don't, we don't have that theology. But what we do have is this. By faith, when you take the completed work of Jesus Christ into your heart, that's where all those passages in Psalm 107, the chains snap. The freedom manifests. The goodness of God begins to happen inside of you. Because the one who rose from the grave lives in you. And this is the beautiful thing about that. Everything that has come to put you to death, he can relate to. Every lost hope, Jesus can relate to. Everything that's come to steal, kill, or destroy your life, Jesus can relate to it. And he's come in to give you abundant life in himself. So he comes right down in the bloody mess of our lives and says, I'm here for you. And all of, you, all of your lostness, all of your hopelessness, everything that's been deficient in you, I'm here to bring you into the light of my love because I have laid down my life for you and I have finished something. And this is what he finished. Your slate is made clean before Jesus Christ and for Father God because of the body that he gave in, your place, in, in our place. Let's lift it up. Father God, we thank you for eternal hope, blessed hope, life-giving hope. You are our hope. Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Glory a level of restoration that I haven't known yet. Glory, moving from one place to another place of fullness of God's provision. Glory. We receive Christ in us to the taking of this communion bread. In Jesus' name, let's go ahead and Go ahead and pass out the cup. Would you lift your heads as we're stand here just for a moment? I want to. I feel the Lord wants to make a heart or two feel warmed in a way that you've never felt the Lord's love for you. That you've taken this moment of communion. 
And the Lord wants to show you that He's your friend. That you may not have had many friends. But the Lord says, I'm your friend. I'm with you in the night. I'm with you when you feel lonely. I'm with you when you feel hopeless. I'm with you when you're hurting and nobody knows. I know. Would you say to the Lord, thank you for being my friend. Go ahead and say it. Thank you for being my friend. Continue now. Let's receive the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I remember a testimony of, uh, you know, it's uh, next Thursday. It'll be 43 years. And, um, there was a moment before my wife knew the Lord. Why is there so much evil in the world? A normal question that people that don't know the Lord ask. And he said, I didn't create it that. He said, Heather, before, get this, before she knew him. He knew her. Heather, I didn't create it that way. The original creation is not in sin. You're fine stuff. You're made after God's image. The other thing is, he spoke to her, if you have me in your life, you won't be lonely anymore. Does that sound right? And the Lord told me one time, I heard a guy doing a seminar. And uh, he said, he made the decision never to feel feelings of loneliness anymore because Jesus was in his life. He wasn't going to participate in the feelings of loneliness because he was no longer alone. He made a decision. I'm not going to be entertaining the emotion of loneliness. I'm going to participate with the friendship that God has extended to me. And the most powerful thing that he's done in giving his body in the shedding of his blood which you hold the symbol of the cup as he was there around the table kneeling on the floor with his disciples take this cup the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins I still minister to people 
that are believers that taking communion doesn't seem to be enough for them sometimes. They still hold unforgiveness against themselves over their own life. And then the Lord helps me see something. And in a gracious way, I confront that. Who are you to have an opinion about your sin that's greater than God's? How can you say that my failure is more than God can handle? Look at the cup. Look at the cup. Jesus poured out his blood to take away your sins. So can we go ahead and cast down the lie, the argument that robs you of the hope, of the joy of being forgiven? Can we destroy that? demonic voice that says you're a basket case this way too much no way Jose there's no way that your sins are worse than anybody else's and Jesus has dealt with all of them all of them freedom comes by the power of the blood a hope filled life comes by the freedom that the blood of Jesus releases to us. Let's go ahead and just praise him for a moment. You can just well up in your heart and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now just look at him. Close your eyes and look at him in the eyes and say, thank you for the pouring out of your blood for my life. The life-giving blood, every place that I've been dead, you make alive and restore me back to you. Every place that's been broken, you forgive me and renew me and restore me. And I receive the forgiveness and salvation in Christ, our hope. In the name of Jesus, let's partake. Hallelujah. The ushers are to come. I want to ask you to hand the cups down the aisle there. We're going to put them in the basket. We're not done yet. Would you stand? If you can do this, if you can turn, because you have a, a pew there in front of you, if you can turn to one side or the other and make a step and I want you to say I'm walking away from an, un, from an unforgiving life because of the blood of Jesus would you just take a step I'm walking away from an unforgiving life because of Jesus' blood now let's go ahead and praise him. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. In the spirit realm, you might have heard a shackle break because freedom manifests 
when you take a step in God's direction. Let's go ahead and praise him. Come on now. Come and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It may be a small step, but it's a massive step because it's based on faith in the one who accomplished the step for us. Jesus stepped up out of that grave for us. I'm going to my Father, your Father, my God, your God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. As Richard said, that if you have a need for restored hope, I want you to go ahead and come on down here and we will pray for you. If you've never placed your complete confidence in Jesus Christ, we want you to come down here and we will pray with you for that. Love on each other. You're dismissed.